Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is NBA Today, hosted by Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. Coming up on NBA Today, Westbrook's first comments on his late game benching. Woj is here and he has all the details. And there was no W to be found in the Warriors last night. Why Chanae thinks you can blame last night's L on some chorus defense. And Daryl Morey's must-hear comments on the Simmons trade talks. Plus, a look at the Nets since Kyrie's return. NBA Today starts right now. Happy Friday, everybody. Let's finish this week off strong. I'm Malika Andrews, joined by Richard Jefferson, if he ever gets Bro, off his phone. phone. Ken, <laughs> Richard, get off your phone, Richard. Today, Agumake. Oh, we're on and television? it's you on your phone. <laughs> Senior NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski. And Woj had an exclusive interview with Russell Westbrook last night that we're going to unpack. But before we do that, I want to set the scene here a little bit. So Russ was benched, remember, with under four minutes to play in Wednesday's loss to the Pacers. And Westbrook was 5 of 17 from the field. <laughs> when Frank Vogel pulled him Sorry. from the game. And it wasn't just poor shooting that got Russ removed. It was a lack of effort on defense. And after being pulled, Westbrook eventually left the court with 8.4 seconds on the clock. And then he didn't speak to reporters afterwards. But as mentioned, he spoke to Woj last night. So Woj, what did he tell you specifically about the benching? Well, he, he was surprised by it. He was disappointed by it. He wasn't happy with it, but he accepted it. And that Frank Vogel made a decision, and you know he's ready to move on from it. And listen, he understands Russell Westbrook that uh, he has got to figure out, along with the Lakers, about how he's going to play with this team. And I think for him, um, you know, he believes he has uh, really worked with the organization with Vogel uh, about how to find a fit. And I think for him, I think he knows people expect that they might hear a defiant Russell Westbrook, uh, uh, Russell Westbrook who's going to say, I'm going to do it my way. That's not what he's doing. He understands that for him, his fourth team in four years, it is taking time for him to figure out how he fits. And I think more than anything, he's hoping for patience from people, that they'll get Anthony Davis back, that he'll get more time on the court with LeBron James and AD. Um, and that they're going to find a pathway here to some success. Well, and folks just saw at home that full screen of exactly what Russell Westbrook said to Adrian Wojnarowski, which was in part that he was surprised, like you mentioned, not necessarily just disappointed, but disappointed more in the loss that he had. But Perk, we heard Richard's giggles. What's your reaction to how Russell Westbrook handled this benching? You know, he's going to handle it like a true professional, but here's the thing. The word patience is just not going to happen. You're in Los Angeles. It's pressure. That's the word that starts with, with the letter P that he has to realize. And he knew that coming into this. Here's the thing. Like, forget me being an analyst right now. I'm looking at Russ as my brother. I had dinner with his mom and dad two nights ago. And right now, my dog seems a little broken. I don't see the same swagger. I don't see the same intensity. 
when you listen to him in his post-game interviews, in his interviews, it's just not the same. I don't see the same aggression. It's something not right. It's something for us, his mentality. I don't know if it's all the way there in basketball or is he fo focusing on other things in life because it, become, it comes a point of time in, as an NBA player that basketball don't mean everything to you. And I'm not saying it as a bad way, but you, you start to have a transition in life. And when I hear Russ talk now and when I hear him say things like it's more to life than just basketball, that's not the same Russ that I know that used to have this killer mentality that wanted to go out there and play with passion, play every minute, every second. And right now I just feel like my brother is broken and he need to get his swagger back. And the, thing, and the way to get it right for him is for all the guys, the coaches, the players to rally around him in the locker room and uplift him at this moment. And then you could get his swagger back. Well, and there was just so much that was in this interview with Adrian Wojnarowski. One of the things he talked about was accepting his role. But another thing that he mentioned, we've talked a lot about this on the show with you this week and your reporting, Woj, is Frank Vogel. So Russell Westbrook's relationship with Frank Vogel, did he touch on that at all? Well, you know, what he's talked about is what Frank Vogel has asked of him, he said, has changed, evolved as personnel has evolved on the court, just like a lot of teams. They've had players in and out. AD's been out with an injury, COVID. And so, like, Russell Westbrook's focus is on, on trying to work with Vogel, the coaching staff, to figure it out. And listen, you know, he's drawing on the fact that he had to do that last year in Washington. You saw a team that played much better in the second half. In Houston, they played much better late in that season, and you know he had an injury in the bubble that might have derailed them. They were playing well. He was playing well there, and that he's going to figure it out, that history tells him that he is. And I think with Frank Vogel, and I think for Westbrook, it's, it's he understands he's going to be judged on winning with the Lakers, and that's how you are judged in L.A., not about stats, and it's not about numbers. And listen, I think he understands, I think it's very clear to him um, that he's got to find a way to complement LeBron James, AD. And I think for him, getting AD back on the floor, getting the three of them there together, and hopefully AD's back by the end of the month, you know, they can really start speeding up that process. Richard, what are you seeing from the way Frank Vogel is coaching Russell Westbrook and their relationship there? Well, I think he's trying to figure it out. And Russ, you know, he was talking about he didn't really understand it, but, you know, he supports. And uh, cooperation is not a prerequisite for um, comprehend. You don't, have to, you don't have to comprehend something in order to, uh, to, to cooperate, excuse me. And so my point is just because he doesn't understand doesn't mean he's not going to cooperate. And so Woj says he's doing every single thing that the Lakers are asking of him. The only issue is, is that every single thing that the Lakers are trying. I remember at the beginning of the season, they were playing Rondo and him. And then they were like, okay, no, no, that's not going to work. And then they stopped, completely stopped playing Rondo. A lot of it was because of the injuries. But I think right now, when I look at Russell, I think it, to Perk's point, he is a person that's trying to figure it out. And he is an elite superstar in this league. He is a former MVP that is on his fourth team in four years. And the first 40 games have not gone well. But for anybody to question Frank Vogel for sitting someone the last four minutes that was five for seven, and he's done that. Let's let's see. He's probably had 10, 12 games like that. Mm. And so for him, for Frank to be like, okay, listen, just sit for the next five minutes. Let's see if we can figure this out. Let's see if we can do it. That's what you need to do. Frank is judged by winning. It's not just by coaching Russell and how his relationship is with Russell. His job is to coach the entire team and to coach the Lakers. Mm. Well, we did hear him in his interview with you, Adrian, take some accountability, right, for how things are going. What did he say about riding out these tough times, though? 
Well, you know, he's been through this. And again, you know, you look at his career and the consistency he had in Oklahoma City. And, you know, Perk knows this. It was an organization that was run, you know, very consistently year after year. And all of a sudden, he goes to a Houston team that was really a polar opposite of OKC. More freewheeling, mm. more player-driven, run by James Harden, mm. you know, to Washington last year with a lot of injuries earlier. And then he and Bradley Beal, you know, pull that team out of the basement of the East to get them toward the postseason. And so it, it takes time. And I think for him, he's just hoping, uh, I, 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 listen, he's hoping that this can be what they all dreamed it would, which would be a championship contender. He knows that's all you're judged on in L.A. Whether this team's going to be good enough or not, we can argue that. I think this team's got a lot of structural um, obstacles to keep it from putting it at the very top, but I think there's still a belief with a healthy LeBron James and a healthy Anthony Davis in the postseason, I think there's still a belief with Russell Westbrook that he can play a role with them, that they could still be a very dangerous team uh, in the spring. And, but basketball-wise, right, can, can Janae, can they? Yeah, and expanding on what Woj was saying, I know we've mentioned it four teams in four years, but it's also the team that you join now has 12 new players, and that's the Lakers, and so it's a confluence of that. But when you talk about strategically with basketball, I've been saying this ad nauseum. Uh, this Lakers team, their identity is not just LeBron James being consistent or Anthony Davis being out there and, you know, playing to his best ability. It's playing defense. That's their heart and soul. When they won a championship, they had the third best defense. Last year, they were number one in defensive rating. That's their identity. And I think sometimes after you win that championship, you're like, okay, like, let's figure out how we can manage to be ready at the end of the season. Right now, you need to learn how to integrate those important aspects like defense so that when AD comes back, it's like, all right, now we're even stronger than when we were before. But instead, it seems to me that they're going to rely on AD to keep them from being the team that's fifth worst on defense right now. And also, they allow the sixth most amount of points in the paint. That's all on you, AD. So I think it's a collective reset. It's not just on Russell Westbrook. Well, and as our Dave McMenamin has been reporting, they hope that AD can come back on this road trip. But Russ said it to you. He knows that in L.A. it's about championship or bust, right, Woj? So, Perk, do you believe, as currently constructed, this team can win a championship? No, I don't. I don't. Not, not when I'm looking at Golden State, the Phoenix Suns, you know, those teams in particular. And then you look at upcoming teams like, you know, my Memphis Grizzlies team, the Dark You had to go there. But just, just, I, I just can't see it. I mean, you know, um, it's going to have to be some drastic changes. They're going to have to have a, a coming to Jesus meeting. See, here's the problem, right? You have a guy like Carmelo Anthony, right? Been out the league for two years, great story. Comes back in, show the world he still could play. We all know he could get buckets. Okay, then he leaves the Portland Trailblazers. He joined the Lakers. Now he's a fan favorite. Everybody's cheering Melo when he's at the Crypto.com Center. Okay, let me get that right. Thank you. But the, but the problem is, is that he's so much of a liability on the defensive end. You know, like, he's really, really, really bad. And so when you look at a guy like Malik Monk, who was balling while Melo was out, and then Melo comes back, and all of a sudden it affects Malik Monk, this is when you got to come to the round table. And this is the problem that the Lakers really has had this entire season is the word sacrifice. Yes. And that's disturbing to uh, to have that problem with a group of veterans. But, but, but isn't there a point where you need a hierarchy reset? Like, who is your primary option? I agree with you. LeBron James has 
point guard is the best you know decision you can make I think you know when LeBron went to Miami it was like those difficult conversations they were having all right D-Wade you know you gotta let LeBron rock Chris Bosh you know you've got to hold it down like there was a hierarchy reset I don't see that happening with the Lakers and it's largely due to their inability to have the big three out there LeBron James mistimed early now AD is missing time they don't have that time to figure things out like while we're evaluating Russ and I think that's why moving forward Maybe this is the moment where they get it all together. No, it's not. It's not going to happen. Mm. But let me hear me. Let me let me explain this. Look, look. If I can make Woj laugh, this is look, guys. If you can make Woj laugh on television, then it's a win for today. Uh-oh. But hear me out. This is the biggest thing for the Lakers and where they are right now. They're missing Anthony Davis. Anthony mm. Davis. That's what wanna, I said. Well, I, stay with me here, sister. Okay, I'll try. They're missing Anthony Davis, okay? And Anthony Davis is one of the best players in this league. Mm-hmm. And there is nobody on this panel that thinks when Anthony Davis comes back, everything's going to be fine. Because, because why? Because they weren't fine prior to that. They were struggling to figure it out. So what about Anthony Davis, who is a top five talent in this league? Everyone says all the potential. When he shows up, it's not like, okay, our defense is going to be back. We got our post guy. Anthony Davis is going to go 25 and 14. Nothing about Anthony Davis this year or in the last year and a half has says he's going to be a huge difference maker on this on this roster. But you can see what Russell Westbrook said to Woj at the bottom of your screen there. We have a legitimate chance to be able to win it all and to do that I have to be better. So it starts with the accountability that he is taking to our own Adrian Wojnarowski and then getting the pieces back and then seeing, okay, what do they have there? Is the is everything going to remain the same? And then how can they In move a forward? Way, but, yes, but are you know, the world ain't perfect? The world ain't perfect. Hey, hey, Malika, you know what we always say on Swag and Perk, right? Oh, here we, it's all, here we if, go. If they show you who they are. Believe, believe them. Okay, believe thank them. You. All right. And the gospel from Perk. There you have it. Up ahead, oh, what gosh. Janae noticed last night in the Dubs loss to the Pacers team that was on the second night of a back-to-back. So that was a, a, a little bit yikes for Golden State. And then yikes. from the east over to the East back. Coast, right? the 76ers and Ben Simmons saga continues. So what Daryl Morey said that you have to here and should Kyrie Irving be viewed as more of a disruptor for this net squad or a savior? Scoop Jackson has the answer in a little bit. What Those are two questions that are like, <laughs> wait, what, really? Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom. Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. You're watching NBA Today, live from Los Angeles. Welcome back to NBA Today. We are in Los Angeles, but I want to go coast to coast. And let's start in Dallas, where the Suns beat the Mavs last night. Just their second loss in their last 12 games. And Luka Doncic, he took a hard fall at the end of the third quarter. And Doncic said that his neck was hurting, but he made no excuses. Because this was all about the Suns' backcourt of Devin Booker and Chris Paul, who combined for 48 points in the win. So here's Booker in the game. We all trust each other, and we we had the experience. We had a lot of learning curves last year, but you know, having that that time and that experience together, I think 
you know, I know put us in a situation where, you know, we never hit the panic button. We never get flustered or out of whack. You know, we just stick to what we do and, you know, we, we perform well down the stretch. So I'm here with Mr. Arizona himself, the alpha male who, who is furiously taking notes over there. So, Richard Jefferson, yes. the Suns, yes. are they the most complete team in the NBA right now? Yes, and I'm going to tell you why. First of all, I was doing my homework right before class, just like everybody else. But I had the stats. I wanted to make sure it was on the paper. Look, Arizona kid. I know, but look, I'm talking about Arizona. This is how we do it out there. The Phoenix Suns are by far the most efficient, and they are the most complete team. Let me just wheel down some stats. Here we go. First in clutch winning percentage. They're first in clutch field goals. They're second in defensive efficiency. They're second in, in field goal percentage. They're third in points per game. They're fifth in assists. They're, what stat do you not want this team to be top five in? This Phoenix Suns team is by far the most complete team in the NBA. When you look at top to bottom, where do they have deficiencies? They don't. But does that mean that they're going to win the championship? Does that mean that they're favored to win a championship? No. But they are by far the most complete team, and they've been playing that way all year long. Well, and if you're going on reliability, mm -hmm. you might want to say that they could be the team to come out of the West yet again. You can't yes. respect them. I, I, I'm not disrespecting. I'm giving you all the stats. This is the reason to respect them. So let's stick in the West. And let's go to the Bay. We're all joining someone else who reps the Yay area, although definitely not as hard as I do. Miss Chinde Agumake. Come on. I mean, Stanford. Stanford, thank you, Yeah, sir. you know. All right. Late in the fourth quarter, Warriors are up by three. Justin Holiday. Things just were not going well for them thus far. So Justin Holiday, this is late in the game. Look at this. Comes in. Knocks in a three. Whew, mm. That sends the game into overtime, and then things didn't get better for the Warriors from there. Andre Godala with the turnover. Chris Duarte finishes the layup. That was two of his 27 points, and Golden State had 21 turnovers. Here's Steve Kerr. Uh, I blame myself, number one. I didn't think I did a good job uh, preparing uh, the team to, to, to be ready to play. You know, the three-point shot that tied it. I'm normally a, a fouler, and uh, I'd take the take the hit on that one too so this was this was my night to, to stink it up I know there's that conversation should we have fouled and all that I, I, I was just a step slow on that one gave him you know too wide open of a look um they're trying to guard the inbounds and and I got caught looking all right Janae so you heard Steve Kerr talking about the end of regulation there that three what did you see on that play this is why practicing end of game scenarios and also talking through them in timeouts matter watch this right here you're up three you usually foul and you want to get the worst free throw shooter the ball which maybe that's the idea here but instead two committed Steph Curry and guess what the biggest shot probably of his career knocked down right there they doubled the ball instead of stopping the clock fouling forcing them to shoot two free throws and stay up one that's a no-no well, and Chennai, the Warriors, they host the Rockets tonight. But remember, they're going to be a little bit of shorthanded tonight. I appreciate you because no clay for the Dubs. He's still sitting out one of the games of back-to-backs. But let's keep it moving. I want to go to my favorite city, New York City and the Mecca, where we had a little homecoming action last night. So Pelicans guard Jose Alvarado, he was born in Brooklyn, and he went to high school at Christ the King in Queens, which is seven-ish miles from Madison Square Garden. And the rookie had a career night against his hometown team, finishing with 13 points, and he had the Pels. And they may have had home court advantage last night as the Garden Baitful, their booze, rained down on the Knicks throughout the game. Just seeing my parents, you know, with my jerseys and all the folks that came out to see me, man, it means a lot. Like, 
If you would have told me this, it happened five years ago, I wouldn't believe it. But now that I, it's just like a drink, drink come true. And you know, it's crazy. This is, I'm at the garden now, one, and I'm in doing an interview with y'all. And my people's is right there. How could, I, like that, you can't, you can't make that up. And man, I, I, it's just a great win for us. And I'm just so happy, man. Y'all yeah, don't understand how happy I am. 20 friends and family members, both at the Brooklyn game and tonight, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram picking up the tab for those tickets. What does that type of loyalty and teammateship mean to you? They bought tickets for me, for my family. Like, you can't make this up. Those are great teammates. Not just a teammate, they're just a brother to me. And for them to just do that for me, is I'm, I'm grateful and I, I appreciate all that. And B.I. just gave my little, his, my little brother his jersey. He's a big fan of him. And, man, I can't. Those, those are my brothers. They did a lot for me. And, man, it's crazy. You're going to make me cry over here. We really like six on five out there, honestly just because you know they were frustrated they were missing shots doing all that the crowd was frustrated so the crowd was booing them and doing all that the fans weren't on our side but they just weren't on their side either this podcast is proud to be supported by jets pizza the number one pick in detroit style pizza why it's simple jets is better with the thickest crispiest cheesiest detroit style pizza in the country there's no competition right now get five dollars off any eight corner pizza with code eight save that's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. That was, I think, Perk, one of the best interviews I've ever heard. Absolutely. Just the joy radiating out of that young man, the gestures from his teammates offering to pay, paying for his family and friends to be there. I mean, that was awesome. But then on the other side, a little less awesome for the Knicks. They've lost three in a row. Fans are turning on the team. I was saying that they were booing them intermittently throughout the game. And Julius Randle, he hasn't talked to reporters after games since January 6th. And he was actually, the team was fined $25,000 for mm. that today because it is a violation of what they have bargained with the league. But what's the biggest issue with this team right now? The biggest issue of issues, because <laughs> it's a lot of them. And, and the number Passage one thing issues is, for the is, issues. is this. Julius Randle, listen. My Texas boy, mm. you get paid the big bucks. You're a franchise guy. See, here's the problem that I have. A lot of guys want to run to the table and talk to the media when they have good games. You have to keep that same energy when you have bad games. But here's the real thing. I honestly think that Julius Randle and the New York Knicks has ran his course. And if I'm the New York Knicks, I actually would consider or test the waters of trading Julius Randle before his stock goes down to get back some type of pieces, picks, or whatever the case may be. But I don't think there's no repair in this relationship at this moment. Well, when you set the standard as the most improved player, New York Knicks fans, they got a taste last year. Mm -hmm. They got excited last year. And here's the thing, Perk, the Knicks schedule, it gets pretty tough. Here are their next 10 games. You can see them. They have to face the Heat. The Lakers, the Jazz, the Nuggets, the Warriors on February 10th. That's the day of the trade deadline. And they also have games against the Bucks and the Grizzlies, the dark side, which you can watch on ESPN. So God, it gets going you. from here. All right, still ahead on NBA Today. Remember what Daryl Morey said he wanted for Ben Simmons? Well, as of yesterday, that may have changed. And everyone seems to have a strong opinion on the Nets Kyrie conundrum. So scoop Jackson on the disruptor versus the savior debate. Plus, we've got more on late game benching of Russell Westbrook, our Dave McMenamin on next potential moves.
Welcome back to NBA Today. So Ben Simmons has missed all 44 games this season for the 76ers as the team has not yet found another trade offer to meet their demands of a top 30 player in return. Based on the recent play of Joel Embiid, however, Daryl Morey might be lowering those demands a little bit. When you talk about skill set, zero flaws on the offensive end, it's nothing that this man can't do. He can take you on the low block. He got the one-leg dirt, sidestep, three-point shot. He can handle the rock, euro step down the lane, finish, and one through contact. I'm going with Joel B. We are now joined by the president of basketball operations, Daryl Morey. Is your phone ringing extra these days? We are looking for a deal that makes us a championship contender. For Joel, we have to make sure we get this right. Joel is playing so amazing that now we might be able to do it with a top 40 player who's a great fit. A lot of frustrated teams out there, I would put us in the frustrated camp. Look, we've had conversations with pretty much every team in the league. How did this thing with Ben unravel out of control? It's very surprising to me. Everyone, I think, needs to look in the mirror. This is not a good situation. Like, by the trading deadline, what kind of percentage do you think that you can make a deal? I think it's less likely than likely. It won't be from lack of trying. It's all we're working on. All right, that was... A lot. So more on Simmons and the Sixers, I'd like to welcome in senior <laughs> NBA insider Ramona Shelburne. So Ramona, Joel Embiid, he's been playing at an MVP level, right? So how does Joel's play affect how Daryl Morey and the Sixers are thinking about this whole Simmons situation? Well, there's a lot of people in Philadelphia right now that say, you cannot waste this Joel Embiid's year. Mm. I mean, he is playing the best basketball of his career right now. The game has slowed down for him. He's in full command of his powers. He's playing so good, it's, it feels wrong to not get him some more help and have a guy like Ben Simmons taking up all that room on your salary cap and not get a return for it. The other way that people are looking at it, and I think this is what Daryl Morey was trying to say, is we can't take nothing for, Joel, for, for Ben Simmons. We, we have to get Joel a player that can elevate him and the Sixers back into championship contention. Mm. And so we can't shortchange Joel in the return we get for this trade. I think that was the purpose of that interview is to manage expectations and say, hey, listen, I, I, he's having a historically great year. We make sure we have to get this trade right. We can't just make a trade just to make a trade. Well, especially when you look at the landscape of the Eastern Conference yeah. this year over the last handful of years, it has just gotten stronger. The Bucks, the Nets, yep. obviously the Raptors with the, the champions heat. coming out of there. Yep. The Heat, the list goes on and on there. But this was one of those interviews that Daryl Morey gave that just made your eyes get a little bit bigger every time <laughs> he kept talking. So I was like, did he else? forget he's on the radio? So what else stood out to you in this interview? Malika, did you catch the part where he says there is a trade with Sacramento that we would do? I was like, oh, that, was, that was an interesting admission. Um, and, and they've had, obviously, conversations with a lot of teams around the league. They don't have a trade necessarily that they are serious about right sure. now. And I think the managing of expectations was the quote where he essentially says it's more likely than not that we, that we don't do a trade before this February 10th deadline. Um, in other words, we may not make a trade. Right. Which this may go on all year. Right. Um, prepare yourselves. However, there is a trade that, he, I mean, he said it in his own words, which I was kind of startled to hear publicly, um, and I think that trade would revolve around Halliburton. Hmm. That is a player that they really like, and I think so far, Sacramento has not been willing to do that, but there's also, it's it's not a one-for-one one deal. This is very complicated, would likely involve three teams, um, but Sacramento has some interesting pieces in the shooting that they have with Buddy Heal, Harrison Barnes, draft assets, and I think that there's been a, a couple of teams that have been more seriously engaged with the Sixers. If there was something to move there, uh, it would likely be from 
from Sacramento or Indiana or Minnesota. But that was an interesting admission. Have you ever heard a GM say that like that? Right. That There's was, a trade with that team that specifically. That was very, very clear and very specific. <laughs> and guess what? The February 10th trade mm -hmm. line deadline. It is inching closer. Thank you so much, Ramona. Thanks, I really Monica. appreciate your time. We can't talk about Ben Simmons being traded, though, and not have a little bit of fun, right, on where he might end up. So for more on that, I do want to bring in our front office insider, Bobby Marks. Bobby, welcome. Thanks for being here. Daryl Morey, he mentioned a top 40 player in return. What would the best trade for Philadelphia be involving a top 40 player, Bobby? Yeah, Malika, it's a process of elimination. I think there's two top 40 players that are available. The first would be uh, Jeremy Grant of the Pistons. The problem here is that Detroit owes Oklahoma City a uh, protected first-round pick in the next seven years. So are they willing to kind of amend that protection and, and give a, you know, multiple lottery picks? I think, Malika, it all goes back to Indiana. I think if you're looking at best available player, not best fit, it centers around Damanis Sabonis. So I'm looking at a Sabonis, Karis LeVert, future first round pick. For me, that's the best available deal out there. And hey, maybe Philadelphia takes that first round pick. Hmm. You move Tobias Harris. That opens up cap space for this summer potentially. And we all know who that marquee player out there the Nets, James Harden. Mm. Well, DeMontis Sabonis, certainly interesting. And Karis LeVert, if he plays like he played against the Lakers the other night, that makes that even more intriguing. Bobby Marks, thank you so much for your time. We will be seeing much more of you as we get closer to that February 10th trade deadline. Really appreciate it. I do want to bring in, though, Richard Jefferson here, because, Richard, I know, please, will you put on your GM hat for me? Would you make that trade with the Pacers? Look. Some players is better than no players, and currently right now they have no players. They have no one filling in that role. Now, what Bobby said is true. Is that the best fit, right? Having Sabonis, who I think is a great player, but I just don't know if Sabonis fits perfectly with Joel Embiid. That was the thing about Ben Simmons and Joel. It was outside. It was inside. You had defensive presence on the perimeter, one through five, with Ben Simmons being so great. When you talk about the Sacramento Kings, like Ramona said, when she was like, well, there is a deal that they would do. A lot of times, and I'll go back to the Washington uh, trade that they did with the Lakers. Remember, Buddy Hilde was going to the Lakers, right? and that was also a message to Washington, like, hey, this is our deal. So to me, when he says, there's a deal that we will do with Sacramento, and we'll tell the world that, but that puts pressure on Sacramento to feed. That puts pressure on their front office. So I think that that's the best available, but I am very curious to what that deal is with Sacramento. So short answer is like, yeah, maybe you would take that deal. It's better than nothing. All right, something, and I'm not saying he is nothing, but is this is not nothing. on the court. This is not on the court. You can't have a, a graphic in here and not have Richard touch it. All right, well, there's a good reason to consider Giannis the most dominant. But next, Shanae's cheat sheet uncovers another specialty the Greek freak has mastered. Keep it locked. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Live from Los Angeles, welcome back to NBA Today. 
Welcome back to NBA Today. So we've had a lot of news so far in the show, which I always enjoy yes. and appreciate. But Richard tells me I need to have more fun, loosen up a little bit. I've so been saying that for a long time. Coming from him? Ugh. I don't listen, sis. Right. Don't listen. I, I said, okay. I said we can do it. Let's go. Come on, baby. This is that rich. Now, look, we're going to bring some energy to the show. Mainly why you want to know why? Because my Arizona Wildcats, they just whooped the God knows what out of those Stanford Cardinals. Stop yeah, it. yeah. Stop you it. see that? They beat them by 30, ladies and gentlemen. So this is what we're going to do. Ooh. This is rich. Let's go. Roll the tape. We all get up here. We all roll the tape. How do you do Roll the tape. <laughs> that's Rich, Terrence Davis. He is the first contestant on player on That's Rich. Look at him. Get, hit him with the shimmy. Hit him with that perk shimmy. And then shoot just like perk. Great. Now, TD, you can't do this, big fella. It's high risk, high reward. Right, perk? Have you ever shimmyed on a three-pointer before? I've never shimmyed. You never you shimmyed? Out? Look, I'm not saying. No, no, that's different. We're not comparing. He shimmied, and that was gone. You got to stay away from the shimmy. There's only a few shimmy guys out there. It's okay, TD, especially when you play. And then we got Davon Reed. Oh my god, I was doing this game. Watch what Davon does. Watch over here. Watch what he does. Yeah, After this big out. shot by my way. Come on, get, get in here, girl. Watch what he does. Look where he goes. Where's he going? There's 1.7 left on the clock, and the Clippers have no timeout, so there was no timeout. Look at this. What is he doing? The best is when you look at Mike Malone. Look at Mike Malone losing it over here on this floor. You guys can't even see him. I don't even know where he is. He's hugging, guys. The game is still going on. So that leads to a technical. That's a whole. Look at Mike Malone. He is turning beet red right now. What and then Spolstra. Cool, baby. You know when you face say sometimes you're playing like you feel like you're playing six on five. You don't want to play with seven on five, eight on five. This was six on five. He's pushing Tyler Hero. Go get the ball. What are you doing? Look at him. Go get your, get your butt up there and get that ball. And you know what Tyler Hero did? Tyler Hero was like, you know what, Coach, you right. Here's a bucket for you. Here's a bucket for you. Come on, Tyler. I know Spolstra doesn't get an assist on that, but Spolstra should get an assist on that, that. because basically that's what he did. And that, ladies and gentlemen, Ooh. that is rich. I don't, you know what I'm that's saying? That's what we do. Basically, that's what we do. What we do to get him on set. Go in there. Come on. Let's go. Everyone seems to have an opinion on the return of Kyrie. No, so with the sample size in, Scoop Jackson on whether his return has been more harmful or helpful, we'll talk after the break. Oh gosh, no more dancing, Richard, please. No more dancing? Please. <laughs> Irving playing in an NBA game for the first time since June. Even if it's just on the road for away games, I'm just grateful for the opportunity. Irving, jumper at the horn. Got him. The big three is back for Brooklyn. Yes, sir, baby. Yes, sir. This feels good, man, to basically have our whole team. And Durant grabbing at his left knee and wincing. It would be easy for someone to say, well, why don't you just get vaccinated, but you're not. And I've made my decision already and I'm standing on it. All right, no KD, but the Nets, they face the Spurs tonight in San Antonio. So that means that Irving is once again eligible to be out on the floor competing with his teammates. And Irving's controversial decision not to get the COVID-19 vaccine and only be eligible to play in road games, it's been one of the season's tricky debates. So Scoop Jackson explores the duality of Kyrie Irving. He's given us a glimpse, a glimpse into the Nets' future. A glimpse into his. In terms of where I am with my life outside of this, I stay rooted in my decision. 
and that's just what it is. It's not going to be swayed just because of one thing in this NBA life that somehow is brought to my attention as being more important than what's going on in the real world. It's just not happening for me. A glimpse into ours. Kyrie beats the buzzer! Recovery ever stepped back into a Nets uniform and onto a basketball court. It gave us our first glimpse into the separate worlds he's created while giving us insight into what his return as the leader to this experiment called the Nets might look like for the rest of the NBA season. It's going to be difficult for teams to load up and make adjustments on the fly when you have me, James, and Kay out there playing. But unlike Clay's return to Golden State, Kyrie's comes with baggage. Baggage misunderstood, baggage justified, baggage that may never be answered. But baggage, for the small sample size he's given us in his first five games back, may be worth the controversy he's remained in the center of. And if his 27-7-9 performance against Cleveland on MLK Day, or his 30.7 assist night against the Wizards, are any indication of what playing at home against the Nets is going to be like for teams the rest of the way, the notice has been placed. Unbelievable. Yes, yes, inconceivable. See myself as fairly reasonable. The Nets' immediate record will not indicate the impact Kyrie's return will have. Not five games in, probably not 25. His presence, even in games he won't play in, immeasurable. More than that, necessary. While nine of the Nets' next 12 games are on the road, Ultimately, Kyrie's return is not about winning or losing games in this moment. It's about partially witnessing what we believe new dominance is supposed to look like on a basketball court. It's what the Nets have versus what the field actually is. It's just a matter of how you choose to look at the situation. Kyrie half full, Kyrie half empty. You'll hear this a lot over the next few months. With leadership comes responsibility. But to who? For Kyrie Irving, there is a separation between life and basketball. Specifically, his life and basketball. Disruptor versus savior. The problem is most of us can't, won't distinguish the difference. So for now, can we just allow him to reintroduce himself? Okay, I admit it, that's over the top. Not! So this is what Kyrie has done in the five games since coming back. He's put up 22 points, five rebounds, and five assists while shooting an efficient 50% from the field. However, the Nets are just three and two in those games. But the Nets, they're still in third place in the East in just a half game behind the Bulls and the Heat. And right behind them, the defending champions, the Milwaukee Bucks. And, and speaking of, hey, Janae, I hear you might have a little cheat sheet for us. Oh, you know what it is. It's Friday, so let's have some fun. Let's do this thing. We've got a big ESPN game tonight. We've got the Bulls and the Bucks. So let's talk about the Milwaukee Big Three. I mean, no, if you've, uh, okay, I'm done dancing. Right now, this is the best Big Three in the NBA. I mean, look at their record. Giannis Antetokounmpo, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, 17-3 and so far this season when they all play. These are things we know. Each one of them individually can get you a bucket, and it's a tough bucket, and they get you in a variety of ways. I mean, look at that huge separation on the step back. Chris Middleton, ooh, gotcha here. Nice on the elbow. Beautiful touch for someone that's 6'7". And then Giannis Antetokounmpo, I mean, defending champs go through this man. Now to things that you may not know. Why does the Bucks' big three, why do they always win? Why do they actually win? Well, check out this stat right here. They're the only team in the NBA with three players averaging more than five assists per game. 
So basically, they combine for 66.5 points per game and generate the most assists collectively. Yes, I told you that, okay? Uh, the Bucks, they may not be, you know, top in the standings right now, but let me show you producer Kwaku, baby, how they get this done. Here's how they get their assists going. Let's talk about covering the court. Center position, versatile. Giannis Antetokounmpo, getting it on the elbow, the kill spot. He's got a mismatch, he sees the lane open sees the help defense, and it's not just one layer of help that he sees. He sees the second layer of help, but most importantly, he sees a guy open. The Bucks shoot 36% from three as a unit, largely because Giannis attracts so much attention and he can find knockdown shooters. That's the evolution of his game. Let's talk about Drew Holiday, point guard now, creating assists. He does it with his defense. Always gets his hands on the ball. Yeah, tip it. Now this is super unique. You don't attack. Instead, he knows a freight train is coming. He backs up the three. Look, you don't want them problems. You don't want them problems. That's so easy. Unique aspect, defense and offense, and this is my favorite part. 6'7", Chris Middleton, versatile player, in a pick and roll with Giannis. That's exactly what top teams want to have that type of forward that can do that. See that the defender is really collected on him. Giannis has an open lane, you know what that is? That's barbecue chicken, that's a bucket, that's a dunk, okay? So you look at the Milwaukee Bucks, it's been really impressive that they have been able to score as a unit, but more impressive that they can share the ball, and that's why I feel like you can always count them having a chance with a championship. Well, Shanae, now that folks have the cheat sheet and that they're all ready to watch this game, you can see the Bulls and the Bucks tonight on ESPN and the app at 8 Eastern. A special one-hour countdown gets it all started. Coming up on NBA Today, we will check in with our Lakers reporter Dave McMiniman on the Lakers' mindset for their road trip. NBA Today, back in 60 seconds. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Welcome back to NBA Today. So Russell Westbrook spoke to Adrian Wojnarowski last night, and Woj asked him his reaction to getting pulled. And he said, quote, surprised, yes. I was disappointed I didn't go back in, but I'm more disappointed that we lost the damn game. I want to be able to be on the floor to help my teammates and be able to help our team win in games like that. But that was a decision. That was me. So, bringing in NBA reporter Dave McMenamin, who covers the Lakers for us. So, as we look beyond the immediate aftermath of Russell Westbrook's benching here, you're in Orlando today with the team. What's the Lakers' mindset as they prepare to face the Magic tonight? Yeah, Malika, a source told me that Russell Westbrook this morning at team meetings was, quote, friendly and smiling as usual. So, it doesn't seem there's any lingering effects in terms of him carrying over any disappointment from being benched against Indiana into the start of this road trip. It's going to be come down to execution and getting better quality play out of Russell Westbrook in the minutes he's on the floor. Now, they prior to that big dramatic moment not playing down the stretch against Indiana, the rotation has been tweaked slightly in recent games in order to get some more minutes, some more touch for Taylor Horton Tucker, get the ball out of Russell Westbrook's hands a little bit, give him some more break, try to have him to have a full head of steam when he's on the court. 
Tellhorn Tucker has used those minutes wisely. He's averaging 15 and a half points over his last two games. That's one way they can get this thing going and infuse this team with the young talent that they have. We've been talking all year how old the Lakers are. Well, they still have Tellhorn Tucker and Malik Mark. They're hoping to get Kendrick Nunn back. There are some young, effective players on this roster. Mm. And you've covered LeBron on countless road trips. What does he prioritize with his teams while on the road? Like, it's been all about the hang. Going out to dinners, if there's a, a guy having an event, half the roster ends up there. When the team was in New York earlier in the year, they all went to see Dave Chappelle. They have an off night on Saturday night in Miami, but guess what? They get Friday night in Miami too, because after they finish the game against Orlando tonight, they're going to go down the coast to Miami. And then you also have an off night in New York later on this trip. Those are the opportunities where you know LeBron will organize a dinner. Randy Mims, who's in his... Um, you know, long-time friendship crew, he'll be the one who organizes those dinners on the road, and you know, they'll break bread, they'll pop over a couple of bottles of wine, talk about the season, talk about where their lives are off the court, and those are the little connective tissue-type moments that help a team when they're down in the trenches later on. Absolutely, especially at this time of year. Dave McMenamin, thank you so much. Have fun at the game later. I want to bring this back to the panel now a little bit to talk about Dave's reporting. Richard, you played with LeBron and went on several road trips with yeah. him. How important, though, are, are those sorts of dinners, and this is especially coming off of the drama they have over the last several days. Yeah, like, and, and Perk, and look, Perk played with you know KG and all because you can't win a championship, and that's what they're talking about, without a very connected group. You have to be locked in, on the court, off the court. Mm-hmm. I have to be able to trust in you. You have to be able to trust in me. And a lot of times when you're at home, you're spending so much time with your family, understandably. You go to practice, you come home. But when you're on the road, that is the time for camaraderie. And look, Bron is a huge camaraderie guy. But I don't know how much dinners and camaraderie is going to help this team. There are actual structural <laughs> issues with this team. I have not, unless they're going to the Last Supper with Jesus. I don't know. What, I don't know. I don't know what dinner they're going to go to that's going to. I'm saying Red Lobster is not. No, 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 not no, no. Even no. the cheesy biscuits, the cheesy biscuits ain't going to get that done. Oh not, man, I love cheesy biscuits. The Berks are sweating when I say cheesy biscuits. <laughs> I mean, you can have all the coming Jesus meetings, go to dinners, or whatever the case may be, but still and all, you got to be willing to sacrifice when you get between those lines. Mm-hmm. And it starts with Brian. I'm going to piggyback with what Richard said earlier. AD has to be the focal point. Like, you ran the offense through AD when they won it. It has to be that when he gets back. Well, Richard said literally the whole panel agreed. You all agreed that it's not like that is Jesus coming to the supper when he returns tonight. I think that the Lakers, when they play perfectly, everyone available, yeah, they have a chance. But this ain't no perfect world, unfortunately. That's what we're seeing so far. We know it's not a perfect world because we have a goodbye to say today. On yeah, the- come on,